Today we're starting a whole new series. It's called Mind Shift. Everybody say Mind Shift. When we're talking about Mind Shift, it's almost, you can look at the ability to change or shift gears. Everybody say the word deprogram. Mind Shift. Mind Shift. If you're ever watching a television program, and I'm sure you have before, you're watching a football game, this has always <clears throat> been the worst thing in the world. You're watching a football game or something very important, and they're going, this is an important announcement. And at the end of that, they always say, now we're going to return you to our, thank you, Doc, you're with me. They say, we're going to turn you back to your regular programming. You need to look at that word very carefully. Because everything in life is set up in our society, in our world, whether it be radio or television or newspaper, they're programming you. You wonder why politics go the way they go? They're programming you, trying to get you to move in their direction. Programming. So when the TV station says, I thought this morning early, when they say we're going to return you back to your regular programming, that meant something to me. What did it mean? The powers that be are desperately trying to program our minds to get us to think what they want us to think and hear what they want us to hear and see what they want us to see. And I say, that's not going to work. Because the mind shift that they're trying to go through is trying to take us away from all that's wholesome and all that's good. And I can prove that. Fifty years ago, if you were to walk up to anybody on the street and say, do you believe in God? They'd say yes. Fifty years ago, if you said, do you believe in heaven? Yes. Do you believe there's a hell? Yes. Do you believe in church? Yes. Y'all part of a church? Yes. Does your family attend? Yeah, Fifty years ago. Now, as it's gone on and progressed, there's been a mind shift. There was no question about God or Jesus. Was he really real? Now we're questioning, is Jesus real? Is God real? And then I hear them say a mind shift. They've even got people thinking that when they die, that's it. You just go into a blackness, a darkness, and it's over. They're trying to program us to move in a direction, and it's a mind shift. Matter of fact, if you watch these commercials, they'll tell you how sick you are. One of the pet peeves of most of the medical community, and here he is right here, my doctor, he'll tell you, is people going on and Googling what's wrong with you. Because they're going to tell you what's wrong with you, and you're going to get all these symptoms, and they're going to tell you why they're not going to take their medicine, why they're not going to take their shots, why they're not going to take their vaccines. Am I right or wrong? He's got people now in the hospital. I don't know them because of hepatitis. He can't tell me. But the truth of the matter, he has people in the hospital right now that will not do certain things. Is that correct? Because I know better. I read it on the internet. The internet is setting you up to a mind shift. It's not all evil. I'm not saying it's evil. I'm just saying it's programming our minds. So mind shift is very important, especially in the kingdom of God. We have got to shift back to where God wanted us in the beginning. Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created all things good. In the beginning, God set us up to take dominion. God did that. So I'm setting myself up here for the next few weeks. Because the mind shift has got to start today. If you're sick in body, and we pray up here in a moment, 
you've got to say, you know what? I'm well. By his stripes, we're whole. We're well. We're complete. So the powers that be desperately try to program our mind. They want a mind shift away from the Almighty to where there's into their their way of thinking, from the Almighty to the nothingness, which is a limited and a narrow view of life. Where God says, I, I will get, Jesus said, I'll give you the abundant life. Now we're looking just to be able to survive. I'm just going to make it another day. If I just make it one more day, one more valley, one more hill, praise God, I'm about to go under. Truth of the matter is, you're not going under. How many people believe that Jesus Christ is their Lord? If you believe that he is your Lord, then he has set you up for success. See, the enemy, call the enemy whatever you want to call him. But the enemy of our soul always wants us to see, always wants us to see the obvious, not the unobvious. What do you mean? He wants us to see what's happening right here, right now. If you're sick, he wants you to see that and focus on it. If you're starting to fail, he wants you to see that. He wants you to see the, the failures that you're walking through, the business failures, the financial failures, the uh, relational failures. He wants you to dwell on that. <clears throat> but he wants you to see the obvious. The obvious is I fall off the stage, I hurt myself. It's obvious I'm hurt because I fell. The unobvious is God protected me to keep me from dying. Amen. Are you with me now? The unobvious yes. means you cannot see it, but it's happened. So the mind shift has to be that we may not see it, but it's there. We may not know that he's there, but he is there. We may not believe the mind has shifted away from the power of the house of the Lord and the power of prayer. But the truth of the matter is, it may not be obvious to us anymore, but the unobvious is more powerful than that what you're seeing. The power of the Holy Spirit. Am I making sense yet? And we've got to deprogram ourselves. When, they, when the enemy says, I want to return you back to your regular programming, you need to say, hell no. You need to stop that mess. How many of you in life have heard a voice say you're not going to make it? Honestly, raise your hand. I want to see you. If you, you heard a voice in your head say you're not going to make it. Well, that's a lie. Amen. There's nowhere in the Bible says you're not going to make it. You, Show it to me. I'll eat it. It's not there. The truth of the matter is, if you are a child of God, you're following his, his pursuing him. He says you will live and not die. That means even though you, there's a cessation of breath or your cessation of life as we see it, you're living on. And I said to my wife this morning, coming to church, I said, everybody looks at that going to heaven as some kind of disciplinary action. That's the greatest thing you could ever be is going to heaven. It's not a disciplinary action. It's not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. But the, what I said also is this, me dying right now and going to heaven is not for your gain. It's for my game, but not for yours. Because, see, we still need to work together. We've got a job to do. So the mind has to shift. We say, well, I'm getting too old now. I'm getting a little on up there. Well, I'm going to tell you the truth. You need, to, you need to shift that mind and see your abilities, not your disabilities. 
your productivity, your creativity. You need to start seeing it. Don't limit yourself. Gerald, never limit yourself. Whatever it is you think you can do, you can do it. Believe in yourself and believe in the God that lives in you and dwells in you. You see, the enemy always wants us to see the obvious. The obvious is you have fourth stage lymphoma. The unobvious is God's hands on you. The obvious is, Kenny, you've got a heart problem. The unobvious is God says you're well. The obvious is, man, I'm being tormented by the devil. And God says, as he did to Paul, please take this devil away from me, this thorn in the flesh. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you. What does that mean? His enabling power. I've given you the power. You can overcome it. See, Mr. Perez, if you can't get over it, I can't make you get over it. You're over it, right? You're going to be over it because God's dwelling in you. You have to believe that. Yes, we get tired. Yes, we get weary. Yes, our body starts to fail at times. But the unobvious thing is this. God didn't care how many gray hairs you had. He's still with you. And you're going to live as long as he says you shall live and not die. And as long as you have a purpose and a plan for the kingdom of God, you will live. That's the truth. So I'm going to say today, if we're going to have a mind shift, Brother Kenny, and you know preachers, preachers get into this same thing. They get to thinking that, that, that they should not have any problems. But I'm going to tell you, when you have a problem, if you have a problem, if I have a problem, the, the truth of the matter is probably Dr. Carrier's having a problem. Because the shepherd always feels what's going on in the house. That's just fact. So when I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm going through something, I say, well, God, I start praying for people. Lord, there's somebody right now that's hurting. Somebody's suffering right now. Somebody's going through mental, mental duress. Somebody's, somebody's something. God, help them. Everybody say, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Because mind shift comes when you see things properly. And sometimes it's not the obvious. It's the, for the most part, it's the unobvious. Can I ask a question here? How many of you have ever been dating someone and you thought they were the life of your world? They were everything to you. And then all of a sudden you found out that they weren't the one. There was another one that had been your, you'd known them for years. But now you figured out, my God, they're the ones that I, I should be with. It was unobvious. You didn't see it. But they're there. That's the way life is. Some, maybe you have a job and you think that, that was where I'll retire from. And that's where my life's work is. And then God shows you something you, the unobvious. And you see, uh-oh, this is my door. This is my window. This is my opportunity. How many people want to explore something? You want to make sure you get, get into greatness. I want to explore it. Okay. 2 Kings 6, verse 8 through 17. Are you ready? Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, the king of Aram, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel. Now see what's happening. The king of Aram here, he decides he's going to set up some encampments, but the, the prophet sees where he's going to do it. So the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Armenians are going down there. 
Now watch this. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. Now, watch this. This made Aram angry. The king of Aram angry. Why did it make him angry? Because somebody was spying on him. Somebody was telling on him. But it wasn't who he thought. It was the Spirit of God. Now watch this. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, Will you not tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? I want to know who the spy is. Somebody's spying. And they're dying. Watch this. They said to him, None of us, Lord. None of us. My lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha. Who is it? Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel. He tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. You thought you could get away with it. But when you talked in your bedroom, God heard it. So he says, Elisha's doing this. He can hear me in my bedroom. Go and find where he is. I want to know where Elisha is. The king ordered this, so I can send men and capture him. I'm going to capture that dude. The report came back, he's in Dothan, not Alabama. So he sent horses and chariots. He sent an army to get one little old prophet. Horses and chariots and a strong force with him. They went by night and surrounded the city where Brother Elisha was. Little old man of God. And when the servant of the man of God got up, now, here's a servant that's with him. I'm reading this story for a reason because it's a mind shift. The servant got up early in the morning, the next morning, and he looked out and he said, Oh, my goodness. There's an army with horses and chariots. They've surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? Sounds like the obvious is coming home. What are we going to do? Oh, my God, the bills are there. Oh, my God, everybody's against me. Oh, my God, they're trying to kill me. Oh, my God, the doctor said I'm dying. Watch this now. What shall we do? The servant asked. The prophet says, don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Hold it now. Army around the city, chariots and horses, and there's more with us. Elisha, you've gone back crazy. Watch the mind shift. Because the young man was looking at the obvious mind shift. Obvious. You don't understand, Bishop. You don't know what I'm going through. Obvious. But what's the unobvious? So that's where God leads me. What's, what am I not seeing? What am I not hearing? What am I not expecting? See, I want to know where that is. See, don't give me the obvious. I want to know what am I. See, I want to go to Gerald's house and eat. But I want to know what he's put hidden away from me. No, what's not obvious. You not put it out on the table because he said, I got something special put up for you, Bishop. I got some ribs over there that are some of the good. See, that's not obvious, but it's there. Are you catching it now? It's not obvious, but it's there. It's as real as everything else out on the table. You with that? Okay, let's go back. So, there's more with us than with them. Evidently, 
your God doesn't have the same math equations that I'm going through. One plus one equals hundreds. Watch. And Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Mind shift. Uh-oh. That which was obvious now, the unobvious overcomes the obvious. The servant had a mind shift. From the obvious to the unobvious, he saw more a more powerful force, Floyd. In the unobvious than he did in the obvious. Are you following the thinking here? Even though it wasn't readily seen, the power was there to help him in the crisis. So you may not see it, Randy, but he he may not come when you want him, but he'll come on time. He will not fail you. We want to hurry God. But he says, in patience, possess you your soul. So the servant had a mind shift. He saw the real power, the real ability. But what if he had not told God to open the young man's eyes? Does that mean that the army wasn't there? So the unobvious defeated the obvious. I know God gave me that word for somebody here. It's obvious this is going to happen, but you've got to say, but I know the unobvious. I know that this can happen. Obviously, I lost my job, but the unobvious is God's got a better one for me. The unobvious will always beat the obvious. Where am I at on this story? Well, obviously, the young man's eyes were open. What do we need? We need the positive, a positive Holy Ghost mind shift. I'm going to end here in just a second. You say, well, you could go longer. Yeah, I can. I can preach for a couple hours. But that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to pray for you today and let you see that the unobvious will overcome the obvious. I'll stop with it. Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4. Put it up on the screen. Isaiah 26, 34 in the King James. We'll pick up here next week somewhere. Good Lord willing, and the creeks don't rise. If the creeks rise, nope, it's off. Cheryl, Done. The obvious gets to us. The obvious is it's snowing outside. The unobvious is God says, I'll make a way where there seems to be no way. The obvious, you'll never finish this job on time. The unobvious is you've prayed and God said, watch. Has that ever happened to you? Huh? Gerald, has that ever happened for you? You didn't think it was going to work and it worked out for you? You don't not know that God's got his hand on you? There's some people sitting here that God's had his hand on them all, on you all your life. And he's trying desperately to get your attention to the unobvious. Start listening more. Start meditating more. Start wondering what God has for you. You wonder why the church is so important? Because we start bringing these things out of one another. What's really unobvious in this ministry is the women of this church. Because I believe they're going to become a mighty force. I don't believe anything can stop them. I believe once they say we're going to get it done, it's going to happen just that way. Okay, here it is. Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4. And I'm going to close with this. And I'll use this in my language. You can look at the King Jimmy. 
You're going to keep him in perfect peace. This is Alan's version. You're going to keep that man or woman in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Are you hearing what he's saying? The mind has to be stayed on the unobvious. If you see it, he's showing you. Because God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't see God. It's unobvious, but he's there. He's more real than the obvious. See, the message is so profound. If we could catch it, there's nothing that could stop us. The enemy then wants us to focus on our little sickness. Every time I try to praise God, my back catches right here. My shoulder was hurting a while ago. I don't know what's wrong with my shoulder. It's stuff I did. It ain't God's fault. Say, well, God shouldn't let that happen. It was my Alan's fault, not God's. Everybody warned me. I mean, I did all the ball. I did all the weightlifting. I did all the wrestling. I did it. A while ago, I was clapping my hands, and the second I clapped my hands for that song, when it's like, da-da-da, all you people, and they're clapping their hands, and I said, I clapped my hands, oh, Jesus! I didn't say that. I said, I am not going to stop clapping. And I kept on clapping, and I kept on clapping, and I said, I don't care. I don't care what it feels like. I'm going to keep on clapping. You know why? Because the unobvious took over the obvious. Now that really happened just a few moments ago. Because I couldn't do that. The pain was too much for me. So what are we going to do today? We're going to believe in our miracle. We're going to take hold of our miracle. We're going to walk out of here with our miracle. And we're going to tell everybody, look, it may not be obvious to you. But it's obvious to me.